Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my girlfriend, Carol. How you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much? It is December 15th, 1995. I remembered it. You look very confused. <laughs> it seems so much later than it actually like should be. You don't think it should be just 10 days till Christmas? Right. No, I don't. Like, I feel like it's December 5th or something. It's December 1. Right. It's, I, you know, I meant to start with a different month and <laughs> mess that joke up. But it's September 15th. No, it's December 15th, 1995. And I know that. Because of a very special reason. A very special listener. Because <laughs> we got a lovely letter from... I'm going to sit right down and write myself a letter. What? Make believe that it came from you. It's a Dean Martin song. Oh, I don't know Come it, on Grandpa. words oh so sweet. They're going to knock you off your feet. So that's for you, uh, Susan. <laughs> Susan! <laughs> Susan, happy birthday! Happy birthday, Susan. Uh, Susan wrote us and said, I love your tapes. Hello, my name is Susan. I absolutely love your show. My birthday is the 15th. That's the day your episode comes out since Mark probably needs reminding. He got it right today, all because I of know, you. I know, I know. I'm not having a party this year, and that kind of bums me out, but I get to celebrate with you, and that makes me happy. Aw, we're happy to celebrate with you, too. Absolutely. Having your show really makes things better and easier. I know it's silly, but I really feel like you are like friends. Oh, only, you are our friend, Susan. Only you never hear what I say to you. Ha <laughs> That's That's funny to, like, think of, like, somebody's out there, like, talking back. I now know where the voices in my head come from. Right? So that's good. <laughs> so I am hearing you, Susan. And um, I will not kill anyone. <laughs> Here's hoping. Um, anyway, if you wouldn't mind giving me a shout out for my birthday on your show, that would be great. Shout out! <laughs> I hope you two do get married. You're such a cute couple. Well, we have to because he's got to do my laundry. That's right. So. Well, maybe. We'll see. Oh, it's happening. Depend if I'm right or wrong. Thank you for all the laughs and positivity of your show. It's like therapy for me. Sincerely, Susan. Thank you uh, so much, Susan. Very, very nice, Susan. Happy birthday, Susan. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Absolutely. Should we sing her happy birthday? Let's do it. I think we should. All right, ready? All right. Happy, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Susan. Happy birthday to you. Yay. Yay. And many more. <laughs> no, thank you for writing uh, to us, Susan. And I'm glad that we can be a part of your life. Yes. It means the world to us. Thank you. Being a part of people's lives, though, is a big responsibility for <laughs> uh, network anchors. Uh-oh. What happened to the network anchor? Well, it's just, I think this is one of those, it's a slow news day stories. Okay. Because the headline of this story is, next batch of anchors will challenge tradition. Okay. And then they point out, uh, you know, they, they talk about Walter Cronkite, because I guess Walter Cronkite is the yardstick upon which all 
television news anchors are measured against. Right. And as the anchor role has long been viewed as the most prestigious in network journalism. I suppose if you're on one of those big, the big national ones, sure. Uh, and men who attain it usually stay at their desks for years. Uh, what about women? There are no women anchors. There are no women anchors? There are also no black men anchors. Every anchor for a major television network, in in, in my memory anyway, has always been basically a middle-aged white man. What the fuck? That's not right. Well, that's how it is. Get it together, people. Uh, Dan Rather of CBS is 63. Peter Jennings of ABC is 57. And Tom, Tom Brokaw <laughs> of NBC is 55. So they're aging out. Each has held his job for more than a decade. None talks of retiring soon. I don't know why, why they would necessarily. Uh, and last month, NBC gave Brian Williams, 36, uh, the White House correspondent and substitute anchor, uh, a contract that will pay him more than one and a half million dollars a year through the year 2000, tacitly anointing him as Brokaw's successor and another perpetrator of the Cronkite <laughs> tradition. I don't know what, do they mean just a white male? Uh, or do they mean, because Walter Cronkite was on CBS. Uh, uh-huh. Tom, or um, yeah, Tom, uh, not Tom Brokaw of NBC, but Dan Rather of CBS is the one that took over for Walter Cronkite and supposedly keeps up the Cronkite tradition. I I want to understand why they make a million and a half dollars a year. Oh, you know, I guess, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess there's there's money in it, I suppose, right? Advertising dollars. I guess um, I want some of that. I guess I'm going to be, what, what kind of degree do you need to be a... Uh, uh, Journalism, I would assume. Even though they're not writing, they're they're reading off a teleprompter and smiling at a camera. Yes, although I mean to be fair, Dan Rather did report on when Walter Cronkite did the whole. I mean, famous for the Kennedy assassination, you know, and all that stuff. Mm. Dan Rather was the person like getting into Parkland Hospital. He was in Dallas. He was like the correspondent on the scene. Giving updates to Walter Cronkite, so I mean, you know, like he he, he earned his stripes a little bit in journalism, but uh, it's so it actually points out what you said. That's what it's talking about with the Cronkite tradition. Um, the three major television networks bring pleasant, respectable-looking middle-aged white men into American <laughs> homes to deliver the day's news. So that's what they're talking about, and I guess what they're saying is uh, that they should they should diversify that into. You know, maybe maybe a black man here or there, or a, a female man. Well, I guess <laughs> I, I'm guessing it'll be a, a black man before it will be a uh, woman, because that's how you know voting went. So that is how voting went. Thirteenth um, Amendment. Although in the South, uh, women, white women had. I mean, <laughs> black men technically had the right to vote before white women. But black people weren't really allowed to vote until after the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act in the mm-hmm. mid-60s. So, in the South, anyway. There were a lot of barriers to it. But yes, that is true. Constitutionally, men were favored above women, even if they were black. Penis before skin. Apparently, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of penis before skin, though. Ooh, don't, foreskin. Don't let... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, there was a pun there that we we missed out on. We did penis before skin. <laughs> we're we're let we're letting them slip by tonight. Um, but don't let Fago slip by your skin or penis. I guess. What? Uh, they're talking about. They're talking about the insane clown posse. Okay. A local group that is becoming all the rage. They sound like fucking horror movie characters. Well, they're it's sort of like a horror kind of you know, the shaggy two dope. <laughs> they 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 take Fago and they spray it all over their their fans. I would not like that. Would you like that? No. But I don't like yeah, I've heard their music. Uh-huh. Eh, it's not really for me. It's kind it's kind of like rap. They're white guys. Oh god, more white rappers? Come on. But they're from Detroit. That so doesn't it, make it at better. At least they have that going for them. I guess. But I mean they're not from Beverly Hills. Well, what, what, is that? Yeah. what does David know about the streets? That's true. This isn't 90210. We won't get into it. <laughs> but listen to the 90210. Episode. Yeah. It was a good one, actually. I think it was a really good episode. Listen to it. Uh, anyway, so they spray their fans with Fago, and they're like they're talking all about what do you think of the insane clown posse? What do you think of Fago all over your face? You know, Fago is a distinctly uh, Michigan thing too, so well, yeah, it makes sense that that's what they would use. Yeah, yeah, they're from here. They're trying to. I, I like. I like when people who are from here really represent being from here mm-hmm. and are in everyone's face about being from Michigan. Right. Like how Tom Selleck wears that uh, Detroit Tigers cap. Like yeah. when he was Magnum P.I., he wore that Tigers cap all that was, the time. That's cool. Very iconic look, and I like that. I like when they're like, yeah, I'm from Michigan. What's your favorite flavor of Fago? Mm, that's an interesting question. I would say either Red Pop or... Some cream soda. I love cream soda. Oh, God. Cream soda is nasty. I know you don't like the cream soda. Ugh, I like grape. Grape's pretty good, too. But, it, yeah. Grape's the best. Just saying. I think Red Pop's the best. Red Pop's good. But grape... What about Rock and Rye? Rock and Rye's oh, really good. I don't I like, like that either. See, I like Rock and, rock and Rye's more of a cream soda, too. I like Rock and Rye. Yeah, they taste like like candy bars or something in a, in a soda. Yeah, what's wrong with that? It's too sweet. It's too sweet. Too sweet. I mean, I like to drink black coffee, so obviously I'm not going to like fucking cream soda. That's right. You like your coffee like you like your night sky. (laughs) (laughs) Black. And full of stars. Sure. You could put some stars in my coffee. Sometimes I pour chicken and star soup into her. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, moving on there. All right, so... (laughs) Next week, Susan, <laughs> I'm speaking directly to Susan from now on. <laughs> Next, hey, we can't forget about oh, um, yes. our, our other friends. Um, Medea. Well, yes. Yeah, Medea, who uh, mm-hmm. who pointed out uh, some stuff. Right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Medea's always pointing out stuff. But our friend Medea has gone back and is listening to our old tapes, which yes. I think is really, really awesome. Thank That's you. That's correct, yes. Yeah. And our friend who She's is... Scott-style binging them. Right. Scott. Thank you. That's who is... I was having trouble coming up with his name. Scott, our other friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have three friends of the show now. Right. So, Scott, Scott Susan, and Medea. Yeah. I want the three of you to form a band. <laughs> <laughs> The late fee retros. There you go. Uh, anyway, so 
before we go on our little next week. That's what I was saying. Yes. Ne- next week, we ha- we're off. But we're going to present you with a best of episode. The best of 1995. Is it really the best? I don't know. (laughs) It's whatever he happened to think was funny. It's the best I could find. (laughs) So that's coming out next week. And then the week after that, we'll be off for the holidays. And Mm -hmm. then in January, the first week of January, I think it's January 5th. We'll, we'll be, be starting season three. We'll be back season three, nineteen nine. We'll, we'll be in nineteen ninety six. How crazy! Starting season three. Mm-hmm. Did you anticipate that we would be doing the show two years later when it started? I don't know. Not I d- really. I did not. <laughs> no, you thought you'd flame out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. I thought it would be me too. Yes. Well, we have to stay for Susan and Scott and Medea. And Medea. And anyone else that's listening out there that hasn't written in yet. But if you haven't written in yet, write in yet. <laughs> Get on it. But before, before, so this this will be our, our basically, our last, you know, live show until 1996. Yeah. Until after the holidays. But for, for, before we leave, I want to do another little massive love for everybody. I found some that I thought were... Fairly interesting. Uh, needed colon, w- well, silent colon, but <laughs> needed <laughs> one strong, massive, muscular BM. Holy shit! I mean, I assume that means black male. But <laughs> it, when you read it like that, it, it sounds bad, right? Right. One strong, massive, musculine or masculine BM sought by very feminine, healthy, discreet white male. Big fun. <laughs> what does that mean? So when when he says big fun, hmm. what do you think that means? Because he can't mean his penis is big, right? Because he wants a masculine black male, and he's a very feminine, healthy, and discreet white male. Well, maybe he wants a big penis in his butt. But he said maybe his butt's big, big fun. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe he's going to wear insane clown posse big shoes. <laughs> And that would be big fun. Oh. I don't know. But he's not spraying Fago. Oh, God, maybe he is. <laughs> no, no, the pictures make them stop. Uh, willing to relocate? Question mark. For this person that you've just... Wow. Not even met, but just read a uh, thing about on the... the uh, the newspaper? Well, if you'd be willing to relocate, maybe you'd be willing to do this. <laughs> willing to relocate? Attractive, honest, caring, sincere, gay, white male, 29. Blonde, blue. Iso slim. I don't know what that means. I- in search of. Oh, in search. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. In search of. You've, you've <laughs> in search of slim, younger brother type. Ew. Ew. Ew, what is wrong with you? No. 18 to 29. No. Lasting relationship. And then in parentheses, Lansing. No, 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 no. I want a younger brother type. He's lying when he says 18 to 29. He means 16. He means 18 or or under. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Wait, we need to like... Notify the police and get some kind of like surveillance. He also wants to separate him from his family. Willing right. to relocate. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> Come visit me in Lansing. Yeah. Wow. Here, I'll drive you there in this black van. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. A uh, black married couple looking for an attractive uh, black slash white female, 18, or sorry, 19 to, to 30. But no, I'm sorry, how old now? <laughs> December 15th. Looking, it is December 15th. <laughs> looking for an attractive black slash white female, 19 to 30, for a drug free fantasy. What's what? a drug free fantasy? Do people bring drugs to casual sex hookups <laughs> when they are responding to these? Like. <laughs> It's not the first person who's been like no drugs. It'd be one. It's, it'd be funny in, in a movie if they ever did. If they ever did these kind of weird, like you said, three way hookups in a mm-hmm. movie. But uh, someone's like coming to the door, and you can, you know, they knock on the door, and then on the other side, you hear the couple talking. And like, yeah, I can't wait for this great, uh, you know, drug free fantasy we're about to have. <laughs> and then the person like kind of looks up with their eyes all wide, and there's just white powder all <laughs> over their nose. Right. <laughs> Drug free. Nobody said anything about that. Married Middle Eastern male. Fuck off. Look, what the fuck? He's married. Oh, I thought because he was Middle Eastern. <laughs> no. It's like, wow, racism's coming out fast on this, this episode. <laughs> married Middle Eastern male looking for a single white female for an exotic adventure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it would be exotic. He should have written, come ride on my magic car. Right? <laughs> Sir, if you if you haven't nicknamed your penis the magic carpet, then you are missing out. Oh, my goodness. No. So, Middle Eastern, he's married. What do you, th- you think? He wants to do some He wants to do some stuff. He wants to do some stuff that he wouldn't do to his wife. Yep. That's yep. what he wants yep. to do. It's like a infidel fantasy. <laughs> Oh goodness! We don't even know if he's Muslim. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I don't mean to be like. I mean, I mean to be, but only for the sake of comedy. <laughs> I mean, we Not have for actual racism. We have a a lot of you know Muslim neighbors. Yes, in uh, Dearborn Heights, there. Yes, Dearborn. Dearborn. So yeah, it's where the deer were born. Uh, let's see. I think that's it. God, now I've got magic carpet like in my head, like that Stephen Wolf song. That what? Steppenwolf? Isn't that what it's called? Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf? Yeah. I like to do. Yeah. Right between the sound machine. Right? <laughs> uh, that's, uh, how, how's that end? My favorite, uh, my favorite part is towards the end of the, I think, first verse or second verse. It says, um, oh, I can't remember, but, uh. He's talking about the the lamp and everything. He's like, uh, oh, yeah, uh, last night I found a magic lamp. Yeah. And so I wish that I could stay before the thing could answer me. Well, someone came and took the lamp away. (laughs) I looked all around. Lousy candles, all I found. Yep. It's a good song. Steppenwolf. It's, yeah, it's a great song. It does not speak to a drug-free time, though. (laughs) No, it doesn't. That's not a drug-free adventure, (laughs) listening to Steppenwolf. (laughs) Wow, that's a that's a very that's it's a very drug fueled adventure. Uh yeah, that's pretty much it. Though I only had a few, but I was like, you know, we should do one more. Uh, you know, for for uh, old times' sake. Yeah, that was I, fun. I, I want to try to do one a month. So when I, you know, when I when I go through the newspapers as they come out, 
next year. I'm going to try to, once a month, I'm going to try to do one. Speaking from the heart is my favorite segment, so yeah, I think we massive should. Massive love. Whatever. Well, speaking from the heart's what it's actually called in the paper. <laughs> massive love's what we deemed it. I, I've deemed it the Lonely Hearts Club. Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yes. Well, speaking of Lonely Hearts, we watched Sister Sister. Yeah, I don't really think they're lonely, but sure. Well, they, they're never lonely because they have each other. Yeah, just your need for segues. I got it. It's okay. Do you okay. think that what if they what if they were on uh, Massive Love twins? Oh jeez, twin black females. But they're only like fifteen. Looking for an older brother type. Oh god. <laughs> Both. I guess it would be a little brother for the sitcom, right? Because that's what that's what they always do. Like Oliver. On, well, they already uh, have a little brother. Brady type. Bunch is that 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 little kid was their little brother no i'm saying a little brother type like their next door neighbor roger you know oh, okay yeah he's a little brother type they've yeah they've already they've already cast their annoying kids to help uh, <laughs> the ratings but roger. yeah this was this anyway. was a Christmassy kind of episode because christmas is coming the title of the episode was christmas <laughs> was it yes oh wow wow that was um they were really not shooting very high for no. the originality there no, earlier this season they had an episode, uh, that was their Halloween episode, it was titled Halloween. What the frick? <laughs> ah. Anyway, so yeah, uh, you want me to, how do you want to do this? You want to go through the movie, I'll go through this, or, or vice versa? I'll, I'll go through this, you go through the movie. Alright. So, what movie did we even watch? I don't remember. Oh yeah, I remember Jumanji. <laughs> I remember. So, alright. <clears throat> it starts sister, out. Sister. That's how it starts out with <laughs> yeah, the theme song. it does. But um, we've got the two two young ladies are talking about going Christmas shopping and which how much. Tia and which one's Tamara? I do not know. One of them's got curlier hair than the other one. Nuh-uh. And I think that's Tia. I disagree. There's four more curls in Tia's hair than there is in <laughs> Tamara's hair. The Maoris. One of them saved up $490. That's right, Tia. And the other, you don't know. I think Tia's. It's like the Patty Duke show, which we weirdly referenced recently. Yes, but it's like the Patty Duke show. One of them is all rock and roll, and and I take no responsibility for anything. And the right. other one is because they're twins, so they have to have distinct personalities. They can't just both be normal people, right? Otherwise, how would you tell them apart? <laughs> So we got $490, and the other one's like, oh, do you know what this means? Between the two of us, we have $498. Uh huh. Very, uh, <laughs> very original joke. So they're all excited to go shopping, and, um, I will say, though, hmm. I kind of like the show. Yeah, I enjoyed watching as, it. As dumb as it is, they're, like, first of all, Tia and Tamara Maori. Are both really charming, mm-hmm. and they like they'll talk to the camera and stuff like that. And on so many shows, it wouldn't work, right? But they're really they're both really charming yes. people, and you know it works. And I love Tim Reed, who was uh, Venus Flytrap on WKRP in Cincinnati wow. years ago, and he's from this area. Thank you, Grandpa again. Yeah, and Jack A. from Two Two Seven. I'm, it's like you're speaking another language to me. Mary, right from, ah, from the 80s, 227. Come on. Nope. No Sherman Helmsley was in this episode. Cool. He was moving on up. Yeah, I, I remember him. Yeah, anyway. So, 
Uh, but they're they're all good. Yes. Right? Jack A is great. Tim Reed is great. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids are great. So even though... They're all really, really, really great. Even... Oh, come on, man. <laughs> even, though it's, even though it's a shittily written sitcom that's not that funny, they all four of them elevate this. They make it better than it is on the written page because they're better than the writers. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. No offense, the writers. I'd have to agree. I also like that it takes place in Detroit. It know. does. Yeah, it we're takes we're place all about our hometown. In Michigan, they they reference Livonia. Yeah, which is like where I lived. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of exciting. Yeah. Well, don't 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 give them any don't give them any like real close cities <laughs> or anything. Don't show up at our house. That's not on, obviously. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> their their grandpa comes knocking at the door. Come and knock on our door, and uh, is all excited. Everybody's all excited to see him, and it's George Jefferson. He's acting like his business is doing so good, mm-hmm. and everything's he's got a, a, great. A bunch of tea rooms. Yeah. What the hell is a tea room, by the way? A tea room is a. It's like a coffee shop, sort of. It's an alternative to a coffee shop. Okay. And uh, it turns out that he actually has, you know, borrowed a thousand dollars from the mob, and they are gambling desk. after him to, you know, fucking like break his kneecaps or whatever. The big Russian mob or the big Italian mob, like scene that we have in Detroit. We don't have a. I mean, they're 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 around, but it's not a big. We don't have a big. We have a big Middle Eastern mob scene in Detroit. Speaking of Middle Eastern, right? No, uh, you know, I'm not going to say anything because I'm a good. I'm a good guy. Not a not a bad guy, Greg, or whatever. What the hell? I'm not turning on him. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a stoolie. I'm not a snitch. So yeah, the mobster knocks on the door mm-hmm. and tells the teenage girl that her grandpa owes him money. So it's such a weird conversation. Yeah. Like, so hey, what's up? That she decides to give him her four hundred and ninety eight dollars, so they have no money now to. She uh, knows what Vig is too, by the way. What's Vig? Vigorish. It's basically. The commission that you have to pay. It's the interest. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, she said she just watched a documentary or something. On the mafia, which doesn't exist. Yeah. That's what they they say, you know. So she gives away all their Christmas money, and she goes to the mall and tells her sister, so they decide they have to get jobs. we got to get jobs. Oh, no. Like a bunch of regulars. (laughs) And the grandpa also is deciding to get a job to try to make the money. He becomes Santa Claus. So yeah, he because t- they arrest Santa Claus. Yeah, in front of, in front of all the, the children. It's so weird. I mean, he is he is shoplifting, which very clearly he's wearing a bunch of watches. Right. But still, like you can't just be like, "Hey, can I talk to you over here?" For sure. I mean, they were like the kids were all sad. Like, no, Santa, say it ain't so. And those are real kids, right? And then. Right. Oh, God, I didn't really think about it. Yeah, what happens to little kid actors and actresses when they're exposed to... That's why they all turn to drugs and oh. die young. Right? Because <laughs> they, they, Santa. But, I mean, so they see Santa get carted Santa off. Santa sadness. It's, that's, <laughs> that's what it's called. And then, you know, he gets replaced with, like, this was a white Santa and now there's a black Santa. But these kids are supposed to believe that, it, you know, Santa is this one dude and Well, that's you know, it. it's, these, these, it's the helpers. Santa's uh-huh. helpers in the mall, right? You'd think so, but they all seem to really believe it was Santa, Santa. Santa, Santa. <laughs> so it's like the Santa Claus where uh, he kills 
uh, Santana's replaced him. Oh my god. That must uh, be what they believe. I mean, I guess if they think that the police killed uh, uh, Santa, uh. what the hell is happening in this show? He would have to grunt, though. So, one of the girls gets a job wrapping presents, and the other one gets a job as a elf. Yeah, Santa's helper. That's kind of cute. The, yeah, I guess the the responsible one is Santa's helper, and the irresponsible one is wrapping gifts. Sure. But they make it sound like she's such a mess up. She wraps this gift. It's all this very expensive china. And this woman starts carrying it out. And the bottom breaks out of the box and all the china spills. And I'm like, that's the box's fault. Right? That's whoever boxed its fault. I mean, maybe she maybe she boxed it and she put too much china in, in one box. Maybe. But. I mean, they definitely. She also wasn't holding it by the bottom like she should have been. Yeah. They definitely blamed her. It was not her fault. Whatever. Yeah, what is, cool. is the wrapping paper supposed to hold the integrity of the box together? So then the next day, the uh, mob comes back. Because mm-hmm. he wants his other 500 bucks. Yeah, he, he took 500. He's like, I'll be back tomorrow for the rest. Yep. So now the mom gives him 500 bucks. And so she could only afford to buy each of the girls one present. And they're all so sad because, you know, everybody wants a million presents for Christmas. That's not right anyway. But they, they do, they have this message that, like, giving gifts is better than receiving and yeah. stuff. Yeah. They hand fist a message. Into they do. They do. And, um, you know, they're all like, oh, we love each other. And then the grandpa, what? how did he get money? I don't remember. He got money. Well, the, the, oh, how did he get the other money? Yeah, because he comes in with all these presents that he bought. Oh, I remember now. Did, did you say that Jack A gave the, the mob guy the other 500 bucks? Yeah. Okay. Uh I'm sorry, I was only barely listening to you. <laughs> like all the rest of the time, my mouths are moot. My mouths moot. <laughs> <laughs> You've got two legs and two mouths, oh, and no. long hair and boobs. Perfect hey. woman. <laughs> two legs, <it's> everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I know your mouth is moving, but I was looking at other stuff. I guess I don't know. Anyway, looking at those two legs, right? Hey, I'll tell you that goes back to our mermaid <laughs> discussion. <laughs> gotta have two legs gotta anyway so um what was i saying oh yeah he everyone someone saw how great he was and they wanted him to turn to teach at usc oh which, yeah which i picked up right away mm-hmm. but of course they go with the one of them says tierra tamara is like oh the university of southern california He's ha, like, no, ha. the University of Santa Claus. Why would anyone have looked at him playing Santa and being like, hey, there's a professor for <laughs> USC. And, you know, Christmas Eve, that's the night he's going to go and make $1,000 teaching Santas. Yeah, it makes no sense. No. But anyway, maybe it's a signing bonus. Sure. I think that's I think that's code for I killed a guy. <laughs> right. But and he, says, he said it's in Livonia. That's the other thing, too. A black guy willingly going to Livonia. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's true. <laughs> it makes it very suspect. <laughs> anyway, shout out to Livonia cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, but yeah, that's basically the episode. He, he, he pays them back and everyone, like Tim Reed, buys a bunch of presents for him. Yep, and everybody's happy and they all love each other. That's but, the important part of it. Right. It was cute. Roger wants uh, 
uh, tips on how to play. What is this? He's trying to play. Oh, Monopoly. Yeah. He wants tips on how to like be successful in Monopoly. That wasn't Roger. That was a little kid sitting on Cena's lap. Well, I thought that little kid was. Oh, oh no, Roger's, Roger's the, the neighbor. Oh, who brought in the Christmas tree? Well, and he's stuff. a teenage, like little brother type. I mean, he's it, kind of a, like a, he's about the same age as. He's then. probably the same age, but he looks like younger and smaller and stuff. But then they um, they hold mistletoe over his head and they both give him a kiss on the cheek, which that's was, their was present to him. Cute, but then he passed out. So yeah. It's not cute. Their, pre- their present to him was a boner so blood-inducing that right. he passed out. I did not like that. <laughs> I did not like that image. No? Oh, that's the image you had? You thought the same thing? Yes! That's what... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's not what the, what the, you know... The writers were thinking? Yeah, the yeah. family show was going for. I'm sure. Well, speaking of family stuff, it's a family time of year. It is. I can't wait for Christmas. I love Christmas. Me too. But we also watched a movie. We did. We watched Jumanji. Jumanji. What did you think of Jumanji? Well, honestly, I, I didn't have very high expectations. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not the hugest fan of kids' movies. And, um, you know, I, I do really like Robin Williams. So, you know, there was that. But I, I thought it was going to be pretty hokey. Mm-hmm. But it turned out to be pretty good. I mean, it is yeah. hokey, but it's also, like, thrilling and keeps you, like, engaged and kind of on the edge of your seat caring about what's happening to the characters the whole time. So That's the thing is, like, I don't know that I'd necessarily call it a kid's movie per se. I think it's a movie that kids can watch and enjoy. But I, I think it's just more of like a, it's a roller coastery type movie. A family movie because everyone can enjoy it? Yeah. But yeah, it's it's pretty good. I have questions though. Yeah, I mean, I, let's we'll talk a little bit about the movie. But I have questions about how this world works. Sure. So, if you haven't seen it, why are you listening to these tapes? We got <laughs> go a week, see it. We got a week off. <laughs> go watch the movie right. and then listen to to this tape. But it, basically, Robin Williams plays a twelve-year-old uh, boy. Who gets... Uh, no, Robin Williams does not play a 12-year-old boy. I know. Some other dude that looks vaguely like Robin Williams might have when he was a kid plays a 12-year-old boy and a Bonnie Hunt type plays Bonnie Hunt as a little girl. Right. And they play this game of Jumanji, which he discovered at his dad's shoe factory. And he gets sucked into the jungle. She runs away because of bats with weird faces attacking her. Which it says that he can't get out until somebody rolls a three or a five. Mm-hmm. And she runs away and doesn't roll the fucking dice. And then 26 years later, a little boy and the vampire from Interview with the Little Girl Vampire from Interview with a Vampire, <laughs> yes. Kirsten Dunst. It was uh, interesting to see her not a vampire. Right. <laughs> not a creepy little girl that wants to suck people's blood. Right. Uh, anyway, so they, fi- they find the the game and they start to play and one of them rolls a five and Robin Williams pops out 26 years older. Yeah. Yep. That's basically what happens. And then the rest of the movie is an excuse for, uh, fantastical things coming out like giant mosquitoes and monkeys and a lion. And, uh, this guy that's played by the same character as his dad (laughs) trying to hunt him down. Right. Or same actor as his dad. Different characters. Really? Oh, I didn't yeah. realize oh, that. Oh, yeah, same guy, yeah. Huh. 
Interesting. So yeah, a bunch of weird stuff. Uh, and it's all in the service of this like big adventure. Yeah. And there's not a ton of plot that goes along with it. I guess that's true. Although the strength of, and again, I'm going to be complimentary to actors just in case you want to mock me. But the the strength of Robin Williams and Bonnie Hunt mm-hmm. and Kirsten Dunst. Right. And her brother. Yeah, her brother's pretty good, too. I mean, he doesn't have as much to play with as, right. as the other three. But they, they, especially Robin Williams and Bonnie Hunt, though, they really, I buy that relationship. Yeah, I, li- I like that. Like, it's like they had a crush on each other when they're kids, and now they see each other again. Mm-hmm. And there's all the flirtation, but not really. Yeah, and there's there's... Almost no dialogue to develop their relationship. Yeah. There's almost no dialogue to develop their relationship. There's almost no scenes to develop their relationship. But it works because Mm -hmm. they have good chemistry together. Uh, Bonnie, you know, obviously Robin Williams is a big, like, improviser and, and, you know, this, like, big comic force. But he can tone it down a little bit when he needs to, which he does here. Mm -hmm. Uh, He plays it a little smaller than you would imagine he might. And Bonnie Hunt, who's a, another gifted comedian, works really well with him. And she meshes well with his style of comedy. And they just have really good chemistry together, and it works. I, I buy the, the... When they get together at the end, I believe that. And it's so cute, because they get together to, like, the kids. Because mm-hmm. basically, they, they undo... When they beat the game, they undo everything that happened. Yeah, because the game says everything will go back to... Basically, everything resets to the conditions before you started playing the game. Because, like, everything is completely tore up. Like, tore up. There's vines. The mm-hmm. house is cracked in half. There's yeah. flooding. There, I mean, just tons yeah. of crap. So, yeah, it all goes back. But it goes back 26 years, too. Like, they're kids again. They, they get to relive their whole lives like his with parents, the memories. His parents, his parents had both died. In 91. Yeah. Uh, very close to each other. One was May, one was August. Yeah. And uh, the Kirsten Dunst and her brother, their their parents died in a like a ski accident or something like that, or a car accident. Car accident. Uh, when they were going to go, on, when they were on a skiing trip. Um, and so that all gets, like you said, that all gets undone. And they're, yeah, they have these memories. So, I mean, this leads into the questions like, what is this world? Like, what yeah. is this game? This game, it, it, like, not only do, can it teleport things to and from some weird dimension. Right, some it is. Other, it's like another dimension. Some other realm. But it also has dominion over space and time. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this thing? There's some serious magic. Where did this come from? How does it work? <laughs> I have so many questions. If they make a sequel, I want to see what's in the game. Yeah. The jungle they came from. That would be interesting. Well, you know, the the movie starts, it's a hundred years before. Yeah. And some kids buried it. Mm-hmm. And then the movie ends because the kids threw, threw it with rocks into... Into the, the ocean, basically. Right. But it washes up on a beach. Yeah. Some Japanese girls find it. And so it's all going to happen that's again. That's where we get Hello Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, it's you know it's weird. Like, what do you think? What do you like? What can't this thing do? Like, this thing is like a god. Die. It can't die. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like a god. <laughs> it has dominion over every aspect of reality, and it's immortal. 
I want to know why they didn't just burn it or chop it up or something. I Maybe bet you, you something terrible would happen. Yeah. It would start to eat you. <laughs> yeah. It's like a curse. It is. So this board game is like a curse. It's very, very weird. It's like, you know, and this game lasted longer than even games of Monopoly because <laughs> it was 26 years. That poor kid. Can you imagine? 26 years in, in the, jungle. the jungle. He He grew up. 26 years in the jungle by himself, fending for himself. And being hunted. Being hunted, like no no human connection. The fact that he came out anywhere near sane right. is incredible. And then to have all that taken away and then you to be transported back to a child again to live your life all over again. It's even weirder for Bonnie Hunt, who had a completely normal, like, I mean, not, not, normal. not normal, but like a life here on Earth in our realm, possibly boyfriends and relationships right. and stuff like that. Like the first time they have sex, whenever that's going to be. It's not her first time. Yeah. And like she's going to be like a like a 14 year old or a 13 year old or whatever having sex with this with this kid because they're going to do it early because they've already been adults. Right. <laughs> you know, and uh, it's going to it's just going to be weird. I don't know. That is weird. I don't know why we had to take it to sex, though, because now that reminds the <laughs> the pictures again. Uh, anyway. Um, but, yeah, they stay together. Yeah. That's the crazy part. Like It's like they come out of this board game, they decide they're together, and then they stay together, and they get married, and they well, have kids. And Who else Who else would they end up with? Like, could you imagine, like, let's say you married Robin Williams' character from this uh, from this movie, and like, here, I'm going to take you to uh, to Christmas dinner with me. Oh, let me tell you that, that my anecdote about uh, the time that I lived for 26 years in a jungle. Right. Oh, you're only 18, sir. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, that's true. No you one need, else can understand them. You'd need somebody else, yeah, who understands. That's true. It's a good thing they went through this together. Otherwise, they'd die alone. Wow, that's dark lighthearted happy family movie but we took it to a dark place go us in 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 the there's a lot of darkness under the surface here yeah the he disappears into the game and then what happens in 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 our reality or whatever is the police suspect that his dad chopped his fucking body (laughs) up yeah and hid him somewhere and, you know, no one was ever charged with it, obviously. But that's what the rumor is. Right. Even Bonnie Hunt thinks that. She, and, Her therapist has come to, like, lead her to believe that that was what happened. Yeah, her therapist convinced her that she imagined the game, that it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole town goes under. Like, it goes from being, like, this really nice little town mm-hmm. to, like, it looks like a, a bad neighborhood in Detroit. Because the, the only thing holding this... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's poor whites instead of poor blacks. But, yeah, same thing. Uh, but it's like this whole town was held together by the shoe factory. Yeah. It's, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but whatever. And then, like, the shoe factory goes under because the dad's so depressed because the son is missing. He spends all of his money looking for him. Yeah. Even though it's one of those, like, uh, I've got a stiff upper lip and, uh, you know, uh, you should be a man. And, and he uh, wants to send him to boarding school. I will speak to you as my father spoke to me with a rod. You know, <laughs> and like that kind of stuff, yeah. right? But he apparently really loved him, which was not clear in the beginning of the movie. No. 
So, I mean, I guess that's one good thing is that he comes out of that knowing how much his father loves him. I guess, yeah. It's the ultimate, like, uh, I'm going to run away, and then they'll be really sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, 26 years of it, I'm sure. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yep. I wonder if the dad thought he ran away because of the, the fight they had in the boarding school thing. That's what he was, I would have thought. He was going to run away. He packed that suitcase. Yeah, but the suitcase was still there. Oh, that makes it that that makes it does that does make it seem insidious. Yeah, like he packed a suitcase, he even put food in there, but no. Yeah, like it's like I said, there's a lot of darkness going on in this behind the scenes of this well, very happy, like fun filled extravaganza of a film. And Bonnie Hunt's character, um, she like I said, like we said, the therapist made her think that she was crazy. Yep, and. Everybody thought she was crazy, and everybody, like, treated her badly, and she ended up being a psychic. Yeah, I don't know where that came <laughs> I don't know how that came about. She but. was just leaning into being the town weirdo, I guess. Yeah, I guess. What did she say her name was? Oh, I don't remember. Seneca or something like yeah. that? Yeah, something very strange. Anyway. But yeah, I mean, that's I don't have a whole lot more to say about the movie, do you? No, I mean, it's cute. It's definitely worth seeing, but... <laughs> it's the cutest film about child murder that you'll ever see. <laughs> no, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's a it's a fun adventure. It's a, like, all these questions we asked really don't mean anything. It's a turn your brain off. Yeah, movie. you just don't think about it. You just enjoy it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and the, the performances are good. Mm-hmm. But that is the episode for the week, and we're, I mean, we're closing the book. So, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Hanukkah. Yep. Happy Kwanzaa. All all the stuff. Happy Diwali. (laughs) And we will talk to you at the beginning of season three. Yes, 1996. Wow. All right. Well, tell the people one last time this year (laughs) what they should do. Tell your friends Mm. about the show. Tell one friend. And write us like uh, Susan did at latefee1994atawl.com. Yep. And check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. There you go. All right. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.